0: Amen. God bless you, everybody. Glad you're all here. Yeah, we still got the masks on. It's okay. It's a good gesture that we can do for each other. Um, I love uh, getting my focus off of myself and onto others. Uh, it makes for a more healthy, really, just outlook. It uh, gets kind of lonely when you just think about yourself. Somebody say amen? Yeah. All right, uh, we're going to be reading. The main text for this morning is in Romans chapter 12. So if you want to turn to that, but I'm going to jump around a little bit too. Um, Had somebody last week say, hey, please don't be brief. Please take your time. We're so hungry to be here. I am brief to cut our time together as short as we can to keep us healthy. So I'm doing that on purpose. This isn't going to last forever. So uh, I'm not trying to not bring a lengthy message. I'm just trying to, I don't know, we're trying to do this the right way. And uh, just bear with us. Um, can I just say I, I love y'all? I love our worship team. I love you guys. You guys are just worshiping and we're so hungry to be together. And what a great body we have here. Um, I just look out at those that are serving and that those that are serving up here and just how faithful that you are. And um, I'm just so thankful for you all. So just, just know, as Pastor Justin said, you're loved. We're thinking about you and we miss you. All right, we're going to talk about your, spirit, your, your spiritual gift. You have a gift. You have a purpose. There is something that God has done in you that you need to recognize and that you need to use. And in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, he addresses this. He addresses our responsibility to use those spiritual gifts to serve one another in the local church. There is a purpose for your gift, and it is to serve each other and serve in the church. But before we look at this, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. It should be my first slide, Liz. Thank you. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We're just going to leave that one up for just a second. To each one to each one that those are believers of Christ to each one so if you're a believer in Christ you're one of those one is given the manifestation of the spirit the spiritual illumination and enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good so I want to give you four truths about um, spiritual gifts truth number one every Christian is given one all right now I know I can't see your mouths and I can see you nodding but everybody say amen Everyone's given one. We're going to agree with the word. I'm not going off the page. We're staying on the page. Every Christian is given one. And spiritual gifts are given as a gift. Is that the way that this one's written from the Amplified? Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Number three, the Holy Spirit is the giver. Okay? The manifestation of the Spirit is given. Number four, spiritual gifts are given for the use for others. Do you see that? For the common good. Not for yourself, but for the common good. So if I were to summarize the truths of this verse, it would be something like this. A spiritual gift is a special ability given by the Holy Spirit to every Christian for the purpose of serving others. Amen? You have a gift, and that gift was given by the Holy Spirit for a purpose for others. All right, amen. So if we're going to dive into Romans chapter 12, verse 3, and I believe that it's going to show us three attitudes that should mark every Christian as we seek to live, live out this transformed life in the area of serving one another through the use of your spiritual gift. Everybody say, I have a gift. Attitude number one, and I don't have these bullet points up there, but I'm going to give you the scriptures. Attitude number one, and I'm going to ask you to repeat these these attributes or these attitudes with me, and it is humility. Say humility. humility. Humility is the way we should behave according to the word of God. In humility. We're going to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, for by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of himself and of his importance and ability than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has apportioned to each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for service. Did you catch that? For by the grace of God. Given to me, I say to everyone, not to think more highly of himself and the, of his importance and ability than he ought to think, but to think so as to have good sound judgment as God has apportioned to each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for a service. I don't know about you, but I have tendencies of thinking highly of myself. That is a natural reaction. But the supernatural reaction is to not do that. Is to lay that aside. Now it's good to be confident. It's good to know who we are. You need to know who you are. You are a child of God. You have the spirit of God in you. The same power is in you that raised Christ from the dead. But we must not abuse that. To where it's about me and my desires and what I want. But it is about seeking. Um, seeking humility. Seeking humility thinking less of ourself and more of others and more of what God wants from my gift. God empowers me, not so that I can do everything I want, but so that I can have impact on the world. You have a gift on purpose to literally change the world. When it comes to using spiritual gifts, the fundamental attitude that should mark a transformed life is humility. No room for having high opinions of themselves. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. All of us are indispensable. There's a saying that God buries his servants and continues with his work. The graveyard is proof that God's church goes on even after God's people have passed away. Great men and women of God have passed away, but God's church still goes forward. You are important, but when we start to think more of ourselves than we do of others, we have missed it completely. First Corinthians chapter four, verse seven reminds us that uh, we, we have, what we, all we have is a result of God's grace. It says, for who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? All throughout Scripture, it talks about why are you boasting? You have what you have because of what, who God is, not because of who you are. What do you have that God didn't give you? Nothing. Nothing. I have lots of thoughts there. That's why there's no room for boasting or developing a sense of superiority concerning our giftedness. All we have is the result of a sovereign God choosing to give gifts to us for the benefit of others and ultimate for His glory. I was talking to uh, Bill Barnhill, uh, one of uh, our, lead, our lead greeter, Bill and Lynn, and about how I, I, I am very systematic in my thinking. I think God's kind of given me a, a way to, to look at things that's very much in a box. And most of the time, I think my box and my schedule is perfect I think that my plan is perfect. Elizabeth always uh, refers to my plan as the perfect plan. And it's never perfect. I think it is. But if you've ever worked around me, I have a plan. And sometimes it's a good plan, sometimes it's not. And sometimes I I insist on my plan. And that's never a good thing. God has a plan. God will mold and make my plan. Now, He used me to plan. He's using me. But if I get in the way of that, all I do is just lead us down the wrong road. Every time, if left on my own, if left on my own, things seem right to a man, but lead to death. That's why God said, don't do things on your own. That's why I've given you my spirit. It's why I've given you counselors around you is to be able to find the right answers. It's through a multitude of counselors why because we think too highly of ourselves and if not if left to ourselves, we will just lead us right off the cliff god developed us to be together to work together we are not to have a high view of ourselves. we're not to we are also not called to have an unhealthy view of ourselves which is a, often a sign of false humility An unhealthy view of yourself we need does it sound like a paradox you need to have a healthy view of yourself but not so much that that your way takes over and god's way gets left out and others get forgotten the whole purpose of the mask is to think of others your mask has nothing to do with you and you being protected it has to do with you giving to someone else literally what you're giving and i don't want what you have (laughs) Right? Yeah. Someone once said to a pastor, says and he was being critical of the pastor and, and just I don't know if you've ever heard this is an ex- expression that you hear in church, I'm not being fed. Um and, and his response was, Pastor, I'm feeling nothing. Where the pastor responded correctly, brought back to him, Brother, you are nothing. That's scriptural. What happens when we start thinking only of ourselves is we miss God's purpose completely. Now, Scripture does say we, we need to think of us as though we just did come from dirt. However, not to think, not to think false, falsely about who we are and who I'm created by. I am, God, I am God's child filled with his spirit, filled with his power to do the things that Jesus did and more. Watch the ministry of Jesus and how much he does not think of himself ever. Yet he went from town to town changing lives, changing the world. And then he puts himself into us and says, go do that. Attitude number two. Remember, I'm going to have y'all say it. Unity. 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 (laughs) Verse 4, Romans chapter 12, verse 4 for just as in one physical body, we have many parts and these parts do not all have the same function or special use. Verse five. So we who are many are nevertheless, just one body in Christ. And individually, we are parts of another mutually dependent on each other. Um, think about uh, a, a bodybuilder I'm wanting to think of Eric Johnson I, I don't see him this morning but Eric the, the one that Eric and Faith that had went through the tornadoes and their dog was saved he is the he is he is big you just touch it touch him and it's like oh you're not moving very solid big, big arms but just imagine just that arm sitting there disconnected from the body just the arm strong and muscular but just sitting there it can do nothing on its own. Yes, it's got a big muscle on it. Yeah, it looks good right there, but it has no value. It cannot do anything. I want to encourage you. As awesome as you are, when you're disconnected, you lose your value. As awesome as you are, as great as you are in what you do and what strength you bring, when that piece gets left alone... It's like, a, it's like a muscular arm with no body. This is, not, this is not to be a depressing word. This is to be a word to get connected, to think less of ourselves, to get unified, and to literally change the world. Change our marriages, change our families, change our church. Unfortunately, that arm starts to think, "Man, I'm the most awesome thing ever. I can do everything. I don't need the head. I don't need the heart. I don't need the lungs. I don't. I don't need you." And that's what happens to us when we start to think highly of ourselves and we lose our humility. What's the what's the opposite of humility? Pride. That's what sneaks in, and then what happens is we lose our unity. And I want to encourage you. The blessing of the Lord is where unity is. That's where the blessing is, is where unity is. That's what Psalm says. So we must have this attitude of unity, be united in Christ, be connected to the body, strive for unity to serve with one another. Elsewhere in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but I don't have this one for you, the physical body, Paul uses the physical body to illustrate the point of the body, the, how, how, how within the body of Christ, each Christian needs other Christians and concludes, and I quote, there should be no division in the body, but that it, its parts should have equal concern for each other. When I start to realize what my part is, that's not so that I can just focus on my part but start to look how my part works with your part. Equal concern with the other parts. How how do we work together? And how how is my behavior and the way that I'm approaching this causing you not to be able to flourish in what what you're called to do? Because I can have that impact. I can cause disruption. I can cause a break in unity in the way that I behave. So always considering the other parts of the body, meaning you and me, I'm considering you, but also thinking about how do I work with you? And how am I negatively or positively um, making this work better? What is my part? And if I will begin to think less of myself and more of you and how you work, I'll start to find how I should work. where you respond. Amen. The goal should be Bible-based unity. We are one. We hurt together. We rejoice together, just like in a human body. When one member hurts, the whole body feels pain. Anybody here ever had a toothache? Does your whole body not just hurt? My whole body hurts. Why? Because I cannot focus on anything but that pain. The same way that the the church body should react. When one hurts, we all hurt. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. We should know one another. We should be close enough to one another to know what's going on with each other. John chapter 17, verse 21. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you in me and I am in you. Just as you are in me and I am in you. Ephesians 4, 3, Paul stresses us to pursue unity saying these words make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace this means that we overlook petty issues does that really matter does that really need to make me go set that thing on fire or is it something that I can overlook I will tell you you hang around me long enough we'll have a petty issue I'm just that kind of person I like certain music, I like it at a certain volume, I like certain food, I don't like other food, I like the temperature, this temperature, I like, um, I like my stuff in place, I'll make a mess in other places. I mean, I, I, I've got issues. Just walk around with me just for a minute, you'll find a petty issue. But is it worth breaking over? Or can you just overlook it? How many of you know in marriage, you gotta overlook stuff? I've got the best wife ever, but I still have to overlook stuff, and I know she has to overlook stuff with me. Yeah, when you first get married, you kind of have battles over stuff. You kind of figure out what's worth fighting over and what isn't, and you do. You need to have interaction. We still need to grow together. We still have a purpose to go, and that means you're going to have, she and I disagree. With this whole COVID thing and then with the presidential race, we're going to disagree. You talk to me long enough, you'll realize I don't agree with everything you're saying. And if I talk to you long enough, I'll realize you don't agree with everything I'm saying. That's okay. It's just because God made us different. I don't have to have everyone agree with me. I'll be a very lonely person if that's what I look for, someone that agrees with everything. Because they're not there. Not even me. How many of you don't agree with some stuff you do? <laughs> Is that not crazy? If you can't get along with yourself, why do we have to make everybody else do everything a certain way? Stop. Romans chapter 8, or Romans chapter 12, verse 6, third thing. First thing was humility. Second thing, unity. Third thing, faithfulness. That's pretty good. I'll give you that one. Thank you. Verse six, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each, each of us is to use them accordingly. If someone has the gift of prophecy, let him speak a new message from God to his people in proportion to the faith possessed. Verse seven, if service in the act of serving, if he Or he who teaches in the act of teaching, or he who encourages in the act of encouragement, he who gives with generosity, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy in caring for others with cheerfulness. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. There are other spiritual gifts. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12 or Ephesians 4 or 1 Peter 4, it goes into more detail. But the basic idea here is whatever the gift or gifts that the Holy Spirit has has given are to be used faithfully you are to be faithful one cannot bury their gifts or be lazy when it comes to use them gifts are given so that it may be put to use and therefore benefit others now what happens is God begins to bless us let me give an example Uh, if you're a giver you have the gift of giving What's God going to do in you? How is God going to supply you so that you can use your gift? He's going to give the giver things to give. Right? God's not going to call you to be something. God's not going to call you to be an encourager and then put you around all cheerful people. He's going to take the encourager and put them around people that need to be encouraged. So he's going to take the giver and put them around people that need given to. Right? And he's going to equip that giver with gifts. Not just saying money. However, the giver, usually God, has a way of getting money to the giver. Right? But what happens is the giver... Begins to flourish in in maybe profiting in um, their harvest. Their harvest is growing and doing well, and all of a sudden, got more zucchinis than they can eat. So, what do you do when you have too many zucchinis? You give them away. You find out who needs food. What happens when you have too much food in your home? You give it away. Now, the non-giver might just throw it away. I'm not saying necessarily bad. they're just not thinking that way. So God supplies the giver with gifts, not for their own use. Now what happens is, when, let's just I'm a business guy, and this has happened to me year after, many, many times. When I do well, I start to think highly of myself. And I start to think, what else can I get? Now I do have a gift for giving. It's not my top top gift. But when I score of the 12 gifts or however many there are, giving is like a second or third. With my dad it was a top. My dad I think my dad was a giver. But what happens is the better I do, if I'm not careful, the more I think of myself. And then I mess it up. And I mess it up bad. But when I'm faithful to what God's called me to do and as a giver, I'm just using that example, if the giver will stay faithful to God and to his gift, God will just overwhelm that giver because he needs people to get his stuff and he's going to use you to do it. But what happens is we do well and we lose focus. So I'm going to end right there. I want to go into what the challenges are with using our gifts, but I'm just going to, I just want to encourage you. God has a gift for you. And what's awesome is, is that when we start to find that and start to seek that and start to be faithful to that, God starts supplying the way to use that gift. You know, He shows you. Now, you may say, Pastor, I don't know what my gift is. I'm going to give you a couple examples. Ask someone. Ask those believers around you, hey, what do you see as my gift? And my gift is administration. That is what I'm geared to do. It's why with this COVID team, I'm like, I'm not great at this. Who would be great at this? Well, I go and find them in the church body. These people would be great at this. They will, I don't know if they love doing this research, but I kind of think they do. And they love to keep people safe and to think this way. I am not thinking that way. So why would I try to do this? I'm not going to be good at it. I'm not thinking that way. I'm going to fail at it, so get help. That's where God's gifted me as an administration to be able to see, hey, move this piece here. Move this over here. So ask someone, what am I good at? If if that doesn't work for you, start praying. God, what does my church need? And start serving right there. Most of the time, God will funnel you right to where you need to be. Based on God's need in the church, just start serving. Just put your hands to work and seek God. Be humble. It may not be just what you like. What does it have to do with you? It doesn't. Make it not about you. Start Start working for someone else and praying, God, use me where you want me. And I'm going to serve right here. It may not be my spot, but I'm going to serve right here. And God, I'm just going to trust you to move me. It's what he did with me. Started serving in the sound booth and then m- movement started and I couldn't stop it. You have a gift that is awesome, that's overwhelmingly awesome, and it's supernatural. The output, the production of your gift is supernatural. What it's able to produce is supernatural. What I mean is you can't put a natural number on it. God will blow that away. Whatever you think you're going to be able to do working in your gift with the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. It's exceedingly abundantly more than you could think or you could ask. That's what God does in you. So I want to encourage you. Humility. Unity. Faithfulness. humility, unity, faithfulness. Amen. Will y'all pray with me, and I'm going to dismiss you. Father God, I just pray right now for each and every family here, those that are on Facebook and on Instagram. You may be here today, and you may not know the Lord can I just ask you everybody that's here and those that are watching that are believers, would you just pray with me that those that may be watching or maybe in here, that doesn't know Jesus would give their heart to them right now? I just ask you all to pray. Father God, in Jesus name. Those that are hurting, those that are looking for an answer. That answer is Jesus. And the word of God tells us that all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Where you sit right now with nowhere to turn, you may have the darkest thoughts ever. I want you to hear me. Your answer is Jesus. Cry out to him right now. Turn your heart right now from what you're walking through to him. Ask him to come. Ask him to come in. Jesus, I turn to you right now in desperation and ask you to come into my heart. If that's you, I want you to know that when you ask, he comes. He's waiting for you to open up the door of your heart and that he comes in. Scripture tells us that. Now, if that's you and you just made a decision right now just to choose Jesus Get in his word and let him prove himself true. If you don't have a Bible, I want you to email the church. I want you to call the church. I want you to call another believer and ask them for a Bible. We will give you one. You've got an app on your phone. Look it up and start looking at scripture. Start in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Start in John. Start in Galatians. Start in Hebrews. Just start and ask the Lord to prove himself true. God is faithful, and he has a plan for you. And that plan is a plan of hope and a future, and he loves you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church on the Hill, God bless you. Remember, Wednesday night, we'll still be streaming at least through the month of May, and then whatever changes that we have for the service, we'll be uh, informing you of that. God bless you. Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. God bless you. Y'all have a great week.